success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And we have an invincible one to introduce you to today. Dr. Terry Levine is the founder of the Six Figure Accelerator, as well as Heartpreneur Agency, a done-for-you digital marketing agency for coaches and consultants who want to increase awareness, engagement, and revenue so they can focus on coaching, consulting, and doing what they love. She has been named one of the top 10 coaching gurus in the world by Global Gurus and the top female coach in the world. Over her tenure, she has received recognition from almost every major coaching organization and association worldwide. She has been mentoring business for over three decades, and has helped over 6,200 business owners create the income they deserve, the impact they desire, and the time freedom they long for. Dr. Levine is also a best-selling author of dozens of titles, including her latest release, The Conversion Equation. As a keynote speaker, Terry has inspired hundreds of thousands of people through her high content, memorable, and motivational speaker. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't even. I've been waiting for this day for two and a half years. (laughs) Welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. Excited to be here. First of all, I'm excited to be with you because you know I love and adore you. And second of all, I think this podcast is really making a difference for folks. So I'm honored to be here, Cami. Good to be with you. Oh my gosh, this conversation, people, brace yourself. <laughs> Prepare yeah. you that you are not ready for this, but get ready quick because we are going to break it down and it's going to happen quick and in a hurry. And we are about <laughs> to drop some bombs on you. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible oh well I've had a journey I uh, started my first business as a speech language pathologist and I knew nothing I realized about business sales or marketing they taught me in, in college getting my master's how to be a speech language pathologist not how to have a business so I got some hard knocks lessons there I sold that first business, and then I have gone on to create eight multi-million dollar businesses in all different kinds of industries. Once I figured out the formula, I'm like, oh, this is replicatable and duplicatable. And so for the last almost 33 years now, I have been helping clients around the world, coaches, consultants, others in the business of transformation to basically follow 
my footsteps and to not only create successful businesses to make a lot of impact, influence, and to really make a big difference for other people. I love that. And I love it because I see it, right? So I'm right here. We live less than an hour from each other. And and I've been to your programs and your events, and I have learned so much from you. I've read your books. Oh my gosh, I feel like a groupie. (laughs) Oh, so and so I love that. And it's such an honor to be able to share you with our listeners today. So tell us what makes you invincible. So at a very um kind of early stage in my business, literally within a matter of a few minutes. I was perfectly healthy, happy. In fact, you'll relate. I was uh, flying to Aruba the next day for another vacation there when I tore my Achilles and it turned into, within a few hours, a disease called reflex sympathetic dystrophy or chronic regional pain syndrome. Now, let me just explain to folks who probably never heard of this. This is literally on the McGill pain scale the number one most painful disease in the history of diseases, it's here. And then an amputation is here and a brain tumor is here. There is no comparison. This happened overnight. And overnight, I could have gone out of business. I could have ended my life, which I actually had thought about being totally transparent. I could have just given up. And what I realized is that there's a reason that I got this disease that yes, I am pretty much invincible as a human being, as we all are, when we consciously start thinking that way. So I stopped the pity party. And I said, Terry, you have to find a way or make a way. And I remember I was in a wheelchair for about 18 months and in bed. And I remember when my nurse came in the morning, and I said, I want you to stand me up. And she said, you can't stand. And I said, I want you to stand me up. So that was three seconds. And the next day it was five seconds when I progressed. And now we just saw each other the other day. I walk for miles, sometimes 11 miles a day. I work out seven days a week. And yes, I still have RSD. And yes, it still hurts the same way that it hurt when I got it. However, it's the invincible attitude that lets me live my life joyfully. And honestly, I can say that I never once in the time I've known you six years, I maybe seven, I have never once seen that disease stop you from anything. I have seen you work from your bed. I've (laughs) seen you from the couch, from the balcony in Mexico. Yes, yes. And that, that does make you, you really are invincible. And I admire you for that because that is, that is, Pain is the hardest thing, right? Like if anything's going to stop you, it could be pain or death. And uh, I just admire you. Oh my gosh. So I just love what you're doing right now. And I want to say this to you before we even jump into your topic today, which is the bomb, um, is that the one of the things I admire most about your business model and what you're teaching is that you are constantly giving people what they need when they need it. You're not stuck in a place like, oh, this is what I want to teach or this is what I think people need. But you're constantly surveying your family, your community, finding out what they need and serving them at the highest level. And I I feel in my gut that that's one of the things that has 
made you top for so long because I've seen other coaches stuck in one place teaching the same thing and people have moved on. They don't need that anymore. So I just, I'm just thrilled about this conversation and let's jump in. We are talking about how to get a conveyor belt of qualified prospects. OMG. If you're listening, I know you're jumping up and down right now, right? So let's do it. Tell us everything we need to know about this. <laughs> All right. So, and I will say that, let me just explain. Partrepreneur has done coaching and consulting for a long, long time. And we have worked with thousands, over 6,000 client family members worldwide. And because I do constantly ask my client family members and my community with a Facebook group of almost 8,000, I constantly ask, what do you need? What do you need? I saw about six months to a year ago, very apparently, that what people needed who are in the industry of transformation is done for you marketing. Why? They did not enter this business to be a marketing person, a salesperson, a content creator, someone writing emails, copywriting, checking emails, making sure they know how to be an ad specialist, a YouTube specialist, a video specialist, a podcast specialist, a blog specialist, a writer, I can go on and on. And yet, mostly people in this industry are hiding behind their computers all day long. And they're wondering, why don't I have a conveyor belt of qualified prospects? So the conveyor belt, those words came to me. I used to watch I Love Lucy. It was like one of my favorite shows. I watched hundreds of the same episodes. Do you know the conveyor belt? The episode? chocolate. Chocolates. Okay. So Lucy and Ethel came to about the conveyor belt. And that's how I feel in my business. It's a blessing. I wake up every day and there is just a pile of people raising their hands to what I call reverse marketing. I'm not hunting for them. They raise their hands. They come to us and they say, can you help? And then we're like, we're not sure. Let's see. Let's find out. And if we can, we simply extend our hand. And if they say yes, that's great. If they say no, that's also great. So I went to my community and said, if someone could take away all of the work of getting leads, of closing leads, of creating your cornerstone, one piece of content that you need, and that's all you need is one good cornerstone and could help you create the impact and influence and therefore the income that you want and this digital marketing agency to get all off your plate so you can live your life and you can spend your time doing what you love, coaching and consulting and not all the other stuff or taking more seminars and how to do Facebook ads or what's the best way to blog or what's the best way to whatever. Um, how would you like that taken off your plate? And people were like thousands of people, were like, please. So we have spent the last well over six months putting our agency together based on what the people on my team have been doing with me and for me for years and years. So everything is tested and proven. We took a handful of people, beta tested them. Things went through the roof for them. And now we're opening up about five people a month that we'll bring on to the agency who we believe we can help. So here's the thing I want to say about conveyor belt. Most coaches and consultants and others in the business of transformation, they spent almost all day, every day, networking, social media, emails, trying to figure out where do I get a client? How do I get a client? And we do the opposite. We wake up every day, forms are filled out, leads come in, people are raising their hands asking for help. Which would you rather have? 
So you need to have someone creating that conveyor belt. Otherwise, you will spend all of your time doing that and not doing what you really got into business to do, which is to do the thing that's your passion for helping other people. Is that making sense? It does. I love that. I totally love that. So who are you serving in this done for you marketing? Like who is your ideal client that you're helping? So it's funny because uh, my husband, who's not involved in my business at all, he had overheard me in a conversation in the car last night. And he said, oh, I have people in the financial services that you can help. I'll refer them. I went, whoop, whoop, time out. <laughs> For right now, we are very focused on coaches and consultants. And the why behind that is I've been in this industry for, as I said, almost 33 years. I've worked with thousands of them. I had a coach training school. We trained thousands. A business consulting institute trained thousands more. Those are the folks that I want to help first. Eventually, over time, we may bring on health and wellness folks because that's my other passion and 50% of my clients are in that industry. For right now, if you're anything that fits into consulting, coaching, speaker, trainer, author, uh, blogger, podcaster, influencer, content creator, then you're the target audience that we're looking to help and get it done for you so you don't have to. I love that. I love that. So you have people that are doing copywriting as well. Yeah, we do everything. Yeah, we yeah. do postcards. We do data scraping. We do mailing lists. We do offline um, truly sending people marketing pieces that work. And by the way, the biggest problem that people have right now is they think it's all, you just do digital. And that's not the way of the world. Let me tell you, every month we send out 10 to 15 lumpy mail to our top prospects. And every month we close about a hundred to $200,000 of those people through lumpy mail every single month. So if you don't know how to use mail and you're not using it in behind, behind a computer, that's one problem. The second thing is, uh, you really have to understand how to use social media correctly, or if you wrote a book, or if you have a podcast or a blog or whatever, how do you actually get it out there so that it makes you money, okay? It's great that you might want to show up and have a book published or interview people or whatever your jam is. If that isn't adding value and income to your business, then you need to be doing something that is. So let, you know, the, the idea is to let someone do all of that. So you wake up and you have prospects every day and you can just focus on your zone of genius. And by the way, it's so much fun. Yeah, I have amazing people on my team that do all of those things. I've been doing it for me for years and now they're doing it for others too. I love that. I totally love that. Now, are you still doing coaching with your other parts of your community? Like, tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah. So I'm really glad you asked. So I can't stop being a business consultant and coach because that's something I have such a passion for. My client family members tend to stay with me and re-up. So I have many people who've been with me over 30 years. And you might say, well, why would they do that? Well, they had a business concept. I launched them, got them their first 100,000, then 300,000. Then they were ready to automate their business. Then they were ready to either be a best-selling author and get paid to write a book, or they wanted to get a lot of radio and TV exposure, or maybe they wanted to expand their company or start another company or sell their current company. Or as one of my client family members, Mia Redrick, she's gone on to do millions every year. Now I help her work only 20 hours a month. 
So it depends what they're looking for. So that core family, my client family members, we stay together in our community. Very few people ever leave. Um, and if they do, it's usually you know health-related or they're getting ready to retire. I embrace a handful of people every year. And I mean a handful between five and six, typically. Um, and so when people say, oh, I might want your coaching or consulting, I don't know if we're right. So we have a conversation. We try and see whether or not we can help you. And then we definitely, if we can, extend our hand. If we can't, we'll give you some free tools and resources. I yes. love that. Oh, that's so great. Okay. So I have a million questions for you today. I'm like, I've got her in the hot seat. Okay. So you have written 40 books, right? So this newest one, the conversion equation is uh, the 40th book. So for those out there who have this desire to write a book, I think there's everybody at some point in their life or business wants to write a book. What would you say, like, you know, the the one thing, like the first step is you've done this so many times and you're such a master. So the first step is really understanding why your why behind writing a book. If the why is you want to be a New York Times author, I'll blatantly say to you, without investing a minimum of two or 300000 in marketing, it's probably not going to happen. Um, if your why is because I want to hold up a book with my name on it, you know, anybody can write a book and stick it on Create Space and not one of my clients even wrote a blank book. And I won't tell you the name of the book, but it's a blank book. She made over a million dollars on a blank book, Okay. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to do it. I look at the why. Why do you want to write a book? A lot of times it's it's an ego thing. Look at me. I'm an author. I'm on a book, right? It can be very exciting. However, if you don't start with the end in mind and have a why, then it just becomes another dust collector, an investment of time, money, and energy. So look at your why. I have a why, which is I have tons of knowledge about business sales and marketing and I want to impart that to the world. I only work with a select number of client family members. So like the only way I know to do that and to get my message to the masses is through writing books that then are translated. Some of my books have been translated into more than 20 languages. So now I can share my message with the world. So first, ask yourself the why. Second, do you want to go the long route of building a gigantic network on and offline? Um, and then pitching your book to publishers. Now, that's a long process. And without a huge marketing engine to show them that you have built this and you have a major following, they're not interested, especially nowadays. Or do you want to go to a company where you actually pay to have them publish your book? Um, not a model I recommend personally. Or do you want to put it on Amazon, create space, which is totally free. You keep 100% of the proceeds from the book. Um, and again, whichever way you go, I want you to understand I've done books with Simon and Schuster and Wiley. It doesn't matter. You have to be marketing all the time. Books do not sell without heavy marketing unless you're like Stephen King or Hillary Clinton or Obama. Right. I really yeah. want you to understand that a book, however, is a great business card. I don't have business cards. I hand out books and that's a really great calling card. So is that kind of where you wanted me to go on that? I did. Yes. That's amazing. Because I, like to me, I just think you're like the goddess of, <laughs> of the author. And so I feel like that is such a great thing to do and to talk about. And uh, I love what you say about like, you know, your book is your business card. And I know for myself, if I'm looking at someone, 
someone in the business world and someone says, oh, they have a book. I'm like, oh, they have a book. Like, you know, that does get my attention. It definitely elevates them to a higher level as I look at people. So for you to have 40, I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's tell these people. I love that. (laughs) So, and here's another thing I wanted to ask you is you've worked with so many people from so many backgrounds, right? So, and, and that's what I mean about how you're always on, have your thumb on what it is that people need and how you're able to help them. What would you say is one common denominator in the people across the board that holds them back from the success that you know they can have? Because as a coach, like you see it, right? Yeah. And, th- and you got to help them see it. What is the one biggest thing? They are not creating a company. They have created a business. A business is where you trade time for money. You work with people one-to-one. You meet with people one-to-one. You're the sole person doing everything. You're writing emails. You're reading emails. You're posting on social media. You're creating content. You might have a blog, a podcast. You're going and writing articles. You're going on other people's podcasts. You know, all the busy work behind the scenes. That is the biggest thing that holds you back. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is staying in your lane of genius, coaching, consulting, whatever the transformation is that you do. You're too busy doing things that you have no business doing. Uh, Okay. I feel like I should say, say it again a little louder for the people (laughs) in the back of the room. Shouting it. (laughs) We are raising the roof up here in this room. Listen listen up, people. Stop that. Well, and I love how you've positioned your company to be able to receive those people when they finally get it and they're like, okay, I'm done doing all the busy work. Like you've positioned yourself to receive them and take all of that over so they can do that one thing. And I find, and I know you're going to agree with this, it's so draining to force yourself to do the things that don't come easy, that don't bring you joy and that you're not passionate about. And so when you get to where you are supposed to show up for the things you do enjoy, you're done. You're already on empty. You can't enjoy it anymore. It really takes the joy away. I think I kind of liken it to like cleaning toilets. Like nobody wants to clean a toilet, but it's draining. Right. And so is all this busy work that entrepreneurs are burdening themselves with draining. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this conveyor belt, I'm so excited about that. And I was before, but I am now even more because you talked about Lucy and the chocolate. (laughs) And that's my favorite thing is, you know, that clip is I send that out a lot or post it a lot. So I just love that. Anything else you want to share about this? Um, and to our people. Yeah. So first, I want you to take a good, honest look at yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Be very loving and gentle with yourself. And just notice what tasks are you doing? And is that why you decided to open your own business? You know, so if I opened a restaurant, is the task that I choose to do seating people, handing out menus, cleaning tables, cooking the food, or is there another task? When I opened my coaching and consulting business, I opened it because I wanted to do coaching and consulting. And I found myself in the very beginning, 
um, writing emails, I'm writing books, I'm writing tons. At the time, I didn't understand you need one cornerstone piece of content. So I, I thought it was like, I have to do everything. And then as social media evolved, well, I guess I have to be on every platform. And then all of a sudden, I was spending hours a day not doing the thing I wanted to do. So be real honest, look at your week so far and the rest of your week. And every time you're doing something that's not in your zone of genius, ask yourself, is this something I'm choosing? Because you are, right? You are, either consciously or unconsciously. And why am I doing that? And in, my, in most cases, I think that people are being, pardon me, undercapitalized. They start a business and they just think, I don't have to invest anything in the business. I'm going to make money. Because it doesn't work like that. This is my eighth multi-million dollar business. I've helped thousands of people to create multi-million dollar businesses and hundreds of thousands of people literally to create simple five and six figure businesses full or part time. So ask yourself, truly, are you undercapitalizing? You, you know you're undercapitalized if, if there's a coach, consultant, mentor, seminar, workshop, program, any of those things that you really want or virtual assistant and you go, oh, I just can't. Okay. So here's my analogy. Pretend that instead you opened up a store, a retail store, could be a restaurant, could be a clothing store, it doesn't matter. Would you have opened that business up and said, well, I don't have any money left to do marketing. I hope people come. And would you have opened up that store, that restaurant, that clothing shop and say, well, I, I don't have any money to buy inventory. So we have no clothing or we have no food in the restaurant. I don't want to invest in employees. So I don't have anybody to cook or to help you or to wait on you or to ring the cash register. Think about that. In a service business, for some reason, people think they can open up with zero capital. 86% of the businesses that go under in a service-oriented business are due to undercapitalization. So find a way or make a way. Go get a small business loan. Ask a family member for a loan. And if you can't make an investment in your business, I'm going to say this lovingly, and I'm going to say it truthfully. Go get a job. You cannot be an entrepreneur if you do not have capital to run a business. You cannot. Just makes absolutely no sense. Even doing a podcast, Tammy and I will both tell you, it takes some money to do a podcast. You just show yes. up and go, it's magic. There's money here, okay? Every single thing takes an investment. And so you either find a way or make a way to have the capital because you won't even have a conveyor belt if you don't have any capital at all. Right. Or you go get a J-O-B, and I'm sorry if I'm like kind of killing someone's passion here. I'm just telling the truth. That is the truth. I've seen many, many businesses go down. Mm -hmm. And when I started my podcast two and a half years ago, I hired a team to do all of it. And right. then I created a team. After I launched, I created my own team. And now all my students who come through my school use my team. I have make that available to them. So I'm totally on board with what you're doing with the do it for you because that's what it's about. I didn't start a podcast so I could be a graphic designer and a video editor <laughs> or a marketing major, right? Like that is, I want to talk to you, exactly. right? And people like you, I want to be in the room uh, with people like you. And that's what brings me joy. And so I would never, ever consider that. So this leads me to a question as you, it was actually on my mind anyway, and then you brought it up. So um, what would you say uh, for someone starting out in a new business what what amount, what budget would you say is safe for them for what you're talking about? This this done for you, get marketing right and and get the conveyor belt going. I feel like the capital mm -hmm. is the power to the conveyor belt, right? That's the on and off switch. So yeah. yeah, how does that what would you say? 
So the first thing I want to say is we as an agency, as a digital marketing agency, we 100% are not cookie cutter. So I would look at your business, Cami, and say, here's what you need. And I might look at Jane or Jim's business and say, here's what you need. The minimum investment typically is around two grand. Um, and it might not be that you need us every month. So, you know, don't think, well, that's two grand every single month. It might not be. It might start you at two grand. It might be less. Um, I can tell you that I have a business owner at the agency right now. She was at $1,996 for last month, and she brought in over $156,000. So, yes, she wanted to do even more this next month. She said, I want to raise my budget. I want to do $3,000. And what I say to people is start small, get the ROI, and then as you get the ROI, you can build. So I'll give you an example. When I first started with Google Ads, we were running Google Ads for like $500 a month. And all of a sudden, I realized that we had done about $116,000 from that $500. I went, let's double down, right? Yes. I needed to have the proof first. So that's what I would say, Cammy. we want two grand. And again, it's not cookie cutter. So once we meet with someone, we're just listening. Number one, can we help? And number two, if we can what's the right thing for that person with the right budget to make it effortless and affordable and to put money in your pocket. I love that. And that was really what I was looking for because if you're, you know, we're talking about like, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, go get a business loan. Like, so just to give people an idea of like, how, what does that look like? You know, I think that that's really important because I mean, you know, in your, in their minds, they might be thinking they need 10 or 20,000, right? You know, when you say the word marketing, <laughs> that can go from zero to a hundred thousand in a second. So yeah, that's so great. And to think, you know, that someone would invest less than $2,000 and get and earn over a hundred thousand dollars in a 30 day period is just ridiculous. So yeah. like, it's not even a question of like, do I do it or is that necessary? For God's sakes, jump in there. <laughs> and let me tell you what she was do doing the month before that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember the conversation. The month before that, she took a Facebook ads class and was trying to implement what she learned. And she had spent over $3,000 in Facebook ads and made nothing. Then she thought, well, Facebook ads don't work. So, so she invested in a Google. Google ads class, and it was very pricey. And she spent several thousand dollars on Google ads to have one sale that didn't even make up for a quarter of her expense. And the third thing that she did is she went to a training on how to do webinars and PowerPoints, like that was going to be the be all end all. And she held her webinar and four people came. So what I want people to really get is the contrast. And out of contrast is where something new can be born. If what that you're doing isn't bringing you a conveyor belt of qualified prospects, chances are it's not your fault. You are not an expert in digital marketing, in the advertising platforms, in how to access the kinds of mailings that you need and where to even get the list. Like we have a list right now of 938,000 prospects. I'm never going to run out of prospects because I know how to acquire those lists. And we have them. We could literally like hand them to you. Um, so that's that's what it looks like. Oh, 
that it's it's such a relief. Like I feel freedom just hearing it, right? <laughs> Knowing that like you can create this for people and give them the freedom, their time back exactly. and give, yeah, and, and get them on their way. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> tell us what you have going on. What are some of the courses or anything that you're doing right now or that's coming up in the very near future? Oh, I love that. So I have a, my first live event um, since the lovely world of COVID. So I have a mastermind coming up with one of the consultants on my team, John Sadeh. And it's our first live event. And we've also done it this very differently. We're doing it virtually as well. Um, we have lots of clients all around the world. And we have lots of folks that can't travel right now. So we're mixing it up. There'll be a group of people in room and a group of people on Zoom, which so be really fun, a couple day event. And then the Six Figure Accelerator, um, we have done something really different. We have dramatically reduced the investment. It's like 200 and something bucks. It's ridiculous. We even let you do a two-pay. And this is for newer people in the coaching and consulting industry who want to be able to add six figures very quickly. They get all of my life's work. They can take my name off of anything, brand it with their own name. So it's all done for you there too. And then, of course, the clients that I embrace and welcome into my Promising Profits, which is my group and my community, my client family members. So I have a few people that I take every single year. And then the bulk of everything is just Heartrepreneur Agency and letting our digital marketing agency do the work so that you can actually do what it is you want to do and that you're great at and that you love doing. Oh, I love that. So you're set up for the whole spectrum from where if you're brand new to if you're ready to scale into those high six and seven figures, you're ready. I love it. Okay, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you and all the information they need about this new thing you've got going on here. So the easiest place to go is heartrepreneuragency.com. Heartrepreneuragency.com tells a little tiny bit about the agency. Truly, the best thing to do is when you go there, go to Heartrepreneur Agency and simply book a call and you will speak with one of my digital marketing specialists. We don't have salespeople. We don't do sales calls. We don't have a pitch. Let us listen to where you are, what your business needs are. And if we can help you, we'll let you know. And if we can't, we still may have some really good free resources for you. So heartrepreneuragency.com. I love it. And listeners, don't worry if you're behind the wheel or running the track. Just <laughs> click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right where you need to go to find Terry and all of the amazing things that she and her team are providing for entrepreneurs just like you. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster, and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, Come on out. What a great way to get exposure. 
be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this, you now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. This has been so fun. What a joy to have you and be, and I feel like I'm just bringing it all out. I'm just, I just, everything I think of, I'm like, let me ask her this, Uh, but we promise our listeners on the She's Invincible podcast that we are going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and we are going to share their, their zone of genius in such a way that, that will help them to be able to make the changes and have the success that they're looking for. But we also promise them that we're going to pull back the curtain. You see, women especially are constantly comparing themselves to other successful women, and they're always coming up short. And we have yet to find out how to get them to stop comparing. So what we do here is we pull back the curtain. We show them the truth. We teach them and share with them what they need to know. And then we tell them the truth about the journey. See, people want your success but not many of them are willing to pay the price that you paid to live the life that you live today. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's tell the people we'll leave them with their mouths wide open. I just, it's my favorite part because if one more person says you're so lucky, I can't be responsible for what I might do. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the good. Tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of the journey of Terry Levine so far. Oh, I have to start with my husband. <laughs> um, when I was 16 years old, I remember telling my mom that I was never going to change my name. I'm Terry Levine, and I was born Terry Levine. And my mom was like, Yeah, whatever. And so at age 16, my girlfriend drove us to a snowball fight and she had invited some guys that she knows. And so the guys pulled up in the car next to us and the driver of the car got out. I got out of the passenger side and she said, Terry Levine, meet Mark Levine. And I went running over to this guy and said, I'm just going to have to marry you. And he backed up like a hundred feet and was like, who is this crazy woman? 
So we became friends by age 17. We started dating. We have now been married for 43 years and I am so blessed. I have like the easiest going guy on the planet. And that has been probably the, when you talk about good, it's been the greatest thing in my life. Having a partner who from literally the very beginning has loved and adored me and who has stood by my side, no matter what has happened in my business and my life in my health. Having that relationship has been one of the greatest blessings ever. I love it. And you didn't have to change your name. <laughs> my name is Terry Levine. <laughs> <laughs> it always was and it always will be. That's my go. favorite story of you. Honestly, I absolutely love that. Okay, we're moving on to the bad. So we'll save the ugly for last. So share with us a story about the bad part of this journey that you've taken. Oh, so the bad. Um, in 1996, April 18th of 1996, my mom passed away. And my mom was literally my best friend on the planet. And um, a week later, exactly seven days later, my girlfriend, Marnie Hope Reesberg, passed away of breast cancer at the age of 40. So the bad was really, in a way, I guess it became the good later. It woke me up to the fact that I was unconsciously going through my life. I was the CEO of a national healthcare company. I was on an airplane sometimes three, four, or five days a week. I was never home. I was wiped out, drained, making a ton of money, and really, really unhappy. So the bad, those two people leaving my world, transformed me into waking up and doing what was in my heart. So I turned the bad actually into something that became really positive. It was a very difficult time for me though, Cami. That was a very difficult couple of years. I can only imagine. And, you know, uh, I love that the bad, like in those bad times, that is what molds us. That is what redirects us. It is what wakes us up. And I love that, that we can point that back. You know, it doesn't feel like it's a gift while you're going through it. But when you're on the other side and you look back, it changed everything about the direction you were going in and the life you've been living all these years. And somehow we end up being grateful for the bad part of the journey. And I just want to remind our listeners that they're journeying. You know, we get the we're in the mountaintops and then we're in the valleys. Right. We spend some time in Suckville. Uh, but just know that when you get to the other side, that you are that something is going to happen that's going to make you grateful. And it just doesn't feel like that right now. And we're yeah. always so sorry that you go through that but we know better and we know, we know it's going to make it better for you somehow. Oh, that's so hard though. So I have a tear in my eye. Okay. So let's go to the ugly. Tell us a story about the ugly part of this journey. So uh, there was a woman who came to me when I owned a coach training school and she really wanted to work with me. And after, after a bit, I said, okay, she could do some of the sales. We're getting about 200 leads a week at the school. It was getting really hard to keep up with. So I trained her in that. She ended up being very, very good. The school grew by leaps and bounds. And then all of a sudden she said, well, I don't want to work this many hours. I'll work from 10 to 12 and from like one to two. 
and it wasn't enough. Um, and then it was, well, I'm not going to work on Fridays anymore. And I could go on and on. So eventually I said, you know, look, I was giving you a super high commission, which everybody told me I was crazy, that I have to reduce this because now I'm going back to doing the bulk of the work. And um, she sent me about 10 emails trying to have me agree to give her the full commission. And I disagreed. And the day before, again, I was leaving for Aruba, one of our favorite places. Um, I spoke to her on the phone. Is everything okay? Everything's great. The next day, she overnighted me an attorney letter saying she was suing me and my company as two things. One is an employee, which she never was. She was a 1099. And the second thing that she said she owned the company. It's quite interesting. An employee and an owner. Very interesting. That was a 14-year lawsuit that cost me over for $300,000 that could have gone to my RSD foundation because 90% of my income has gone there for 12 years. And instead, I had a fight on lawsuit, spend time in court documents and $300,000 out of pocket. That's the ugly, getting ripped off. However, the blessing in that is I learned two things. One is that I will never bring anyone on and pay them such high commission ever again, and it was a mistake. And the second thing is I need to keep my eye on other human beings in my company as the CEO. So the ugly turned out to be a great lesson. Yeah. And 300,000 could be 3 million today if you hadn't learned that lesson, right? Like the value goes up every year. Uh, And you really have to cover that. Oh, my gosh. Well, this has been amazing. Again, everyone wants your success. Nobody wants to deal with what you deal with. Right. And and it's it's daily. Uh, I would love since we do have a few extra minutes, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the RSD Foundation, because I know a lot more about it. I would love for you to share. And also we can add the link as well into the show notes for anyone who feels led to make a donation or be a part of that. So let's, let's go there. Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Thank you. So when I was truly thinking of taking my life and I'm just being totally transparent because that's how I felt at the time, what woke me up more than anything was I did some research on the internet and all of a sudden, I found that there were thousands and thousands of children with this disease. Now, I personally was having so much trouble, literally, dealing with RSD. And I'm very strong. I'm not only strong mentally, I'm very, very strong physically. And I thought, wow, if I can't deal with this, how can a child deal with this? So... I took my focus off of myself and started to focus on kids. And I have to tell you that made all of the difference once I was focused outside of myself. So my husband and I founded this foundation for children. We have helped, I remember if it was 25 or 27, 27 children around the world get the funding that they need for RSD treatment because it's not typically covered by insurance because it's experimental. I have traveled to hospitals. I speak with children and their families and support them. And so it's Terry Levine Foundation for Children with RSD.org. Terry Levine Foundation for Children with RSD.org. And I tell people all the time, even $5, $10, 
can make a big difference. And um, it helps us support the kids. Both my husband and I have given 90% of our income to the foundation for about 12 years, and we will continue doing that. That is amazing. And, you know, I hear so many stories about how people do that, where they transfer like the burden that they have and the pain to to use that for good to help somebody else. And somehow it it makes it a little bit easier. And um, I just admire you so much for that. And I know you contribute a lot of your own company uh, to that. And I, I just am so grateful to see you take something like that that's burdened you and be able to bless so many people. I can't imagine being a parent of a child that is suffering from that. Uh, and not having anywhere to go, like as a parent, as a grandparent, you know, as a grandparent, I can't even imagine the pain, physical and emotional pain um, of, you know, watching your child go through that. I can't. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really difficult. It's difficult for me as well. And yet there is no one out there helping people. There truly is no one out there. And so we have taken that on as the thing that we're here to do in life and the reason that we make money, um, we both make money so that we can help other people. And that's just very important. Well, it shows. And, you know, we just, I think we need to create a movement here, you know, like you say, $5, like if a million people gave $5, oh my gosh, the difference you could make to so many more families. And exactly. I just, I think we all need to think more like that. I think sometimes we think we can't make a big difference, but if a lot of us could make a little difference, it would make a big difference. And I don't think we're looking at that so much. And I think we need to change I that. I agree with you. And it, it's interesting, you know, I have donated along my journey when I didn't have money, $5, $10, whatever I had. Um, and I just believe the more that I give away, the more that comes back to me in this world. And so I'm very focused on every day when I wake up, I say, how can I give? Who can I give to? And that can be a contribution. That doesn't have to be money. You know, I've had people volunteer with my RSD association to talk to kids, talk to parents, to meet with them, to all kinds of amazing, amazing things. And so there's always a way. I agree a hundred percent. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? And I wrote a note about this when you said that you're strong, right? Is about your martial arts. I think if I was to ask you a hot seat question, it would be what's one thing that nobody knows or most people don't know or wouldn't even believe. Tell us a little bit about that journey. So, so funny. Um, I never knew a thing about martial arts or anything. And I was with my niece. I was at her house and I came across this ultimate fighting UFC. And I hated boxing when I was a kid. If my father had boxing on, my mother too, I just walk out of the room. Who wants that bloody mess? I loved watching this UFC stuff. So coincidentally or not, the universe nodded. I was doing a mastermind and I took all of my folks to St. Lucia for the mastermind. And there was a guy that had just won a jujitsu tournament, um, major tournament. And he said, let's get up at five in the morning, Terry, and I'll teach you jujitsu. I'm like, Okay. So we get up, it's like pitch dark and you put spotlights on around the pool. And he said, why I'm teaching you jujitsu is because the person who invented it, Gracie Jujitsu, Gracie weighed about 90 pounds. He was shorter than you. And he was super strong because you don't need strength. You need to understand leverage. And so he'd get his opponents down. I got real curious. 
So I played around with him that day and I fell in love with it. So I signed up to, at the time, I was just going to get trained, right? I'm just going to get trained. I ended up loving it so much that it went all the way through for years. I became a black belt. I mostly fought men. I had the toughest fight that I ever had with a 19-year-old kid that I thought was literally going to kill me. And at one point, he was on top of me, ready to pound me. And he looked at me and said, I can barely hit you. You're like my mother. Well, then I got crazy, right? That, that woke me up. I'm like, oh, I'm fighting you. So having that, I, I will say to folks, having that background and experience taught me presence. You have to be so present. It's not about the strength. There is leverage. There's really presence. And even the coach that I had training me was all about mindset and breathing and less about technique. And the last thing that I'll add to that, at the same time, I also got my license as a professional Formula Dodge open wheel race car driver. So I have two very unusual hobbies in the background. I love that. And all I can think is come work with Terry. She will literally <laughs> and figuratively kick your butt. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. This has been so fun. So before we say goodbye, let's do this. Let's, I'm going to have you finish the sentence for me. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. How to live in the moment. And I say that, Cami, because people are talking about things like an election that happened years ago that we can't do anything about, or upcoming elections that are not in the moment. We might not be alive for them. Who knows? Just live in the moment. I love that. Oh my gosh, you guys, click the link in the show notes so you can be a part of what is happening with Terry Levine and her team. I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You heard it from this little jujitsu maniac over here who could kick your butt. She has been down more times than you can imagine and Tell them, Terry. You are invincible. Oh my gosh. Get back up, girl. Get back up. Whatever it is, you can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.